Well, good morning, everyone. How are you? It's always like a stronger good morning because there's so many more people here in, in the second service, and it's always good. Uh, thank you so much for being here. We're excited that you have chosen to worship with us this morning. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Jeremy, and I uh, have the privilege and honor of serving here at Solid Rock as the student pastor. Um, I've been uh, serving here for a little over a year now, and, and it's just such a joy uh, to be able to love on and invest in and build relationships with the students here on Wednesday nights. And so, um, you know, thank you, Solid Rock, that, that you're part of that, um, make, making that possible. And I'm just super, super grateful for that opportunity. Uh, you know, for the last several weeks, we have been going through this sermon series called Even Sinners Such as I and, and the gist of this uh, this sermon series is we've been looking at different passages of scripture which talk about a truth that is uh, applicable to every single person in this room and that truth is this we are all sinners we are all sinners Thankfully, though, in the passages that we have looked at, that's not the end of the story, which is exciting. Um, but what we have been able to see is even though we are all sinners, we see how God has intervened and worked in our life to take us out of that sinful state into a purpose that is bigger and better than we can even ask or imagine. And, and we're going to continue that series this morning. Uh, we're going to be in, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. So if you have your Bible, uh, please go ahead and, and turn there. We're going to look at the first 10 verses. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one underneath your seat. And uh, that is something we want you guys to use and to keep. That is our gift to you. Uh, we want you to have a copy of God's Word. Super important. Um, and one reason that I'm super excited about preaching this particular passage this morning is because of how simple yet powerful it is. You know, these 10 verses, Ephesians chapter 2, in my opinion, is one of the clearest examples of how God works in the lives of his people. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to walk through this passage this morning, and, and Paul is going to tell us what that looks like, specifically how God takes us from this state of being spiritually dead to a state of being spiritually alive, which is good news. Um, and, and kind of the progression of what we're going to talk about this morning. First, we're going to talk about who we were before God. Um, secondly, we're going to talk about what God did for us. And then lastly, we're gonna talk about what we are able to do because of what God did. And, and you notice he is the focus and we're, we're driving it all the way back to him uh, in, throughout this entire morning's message. And so let me go ahead and read this passage for us and I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna unpack these verses together. Ephesians chapter two, one through 10. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of the flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus." 
For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let me pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you this morning that uh, you have given this message for us to, to realize that in our own devices and in our own strengths and doings, we are sinful people. And your word says that, that we're spiritually dead because of that sin, Lord. But thank you that we're going to see here this morning that you chose to take us out of that spiritual deadness into being spiritually alive. And, and I'm excited about walking through this passage together with this group of people. And, and Lord, would you speak through me? May this not be about me and my words, but 100% about you. And would we leave here knowing beyond the shadow of a doubt that we have been made spiritually alive through our faith and trust in you. I pray this in your name. Amen. So beginning in verses one through, three, one through three, we are going to see that before God had a presence in our lives, we were dead men walking. You know, if we know anything about Paul and his writings, one thing is certain that he was not a subtle guy. Okay, he gave it to you how it was. And that's something I really appreciate about him. And he does that in the very first verse of this chapter when he bluntly tells us we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Like you can't get that point, you can't get more uh, point blank than that. And you know, we have this proverbial boundary line, which is life over here and death over here. And, and before Christ, we resided over here in, in that boundary of being spiritually dead. I mean, the Bible continues to tell us this over and over again. For example, Romans 6.23, it says, for the wages or the payment of sin is what? It's death, exactly. In verses two and three, Paul, he tells us what our sins look like. He, he tells us that we followed the very author of sin, Satan, who he calls the prince of the power of the air, he talks about how we lived according to our passions and our own desires. He talks about how by nature we were children of wrath. And it, what that is saying here, it's not like we're good people that sometimes make mistakes here and there. What he's saying is we were dead. Sin was this unrelenting, consistent habit in our life and no one was exempt. You know, he says that this practice of sin was carried out like the rest of mankind. Sin is all encompassing in our life. And church, prior to God's presence in our life, sin is a constant problem. I'm not telling you something you don't already know. You know, it may be you have a trouble with some kind of addiction in your life, that's sin. It may be that you have this constant bout every day with some kind of immorality in your life, that is sin. Perhaps you have some narcissistic tendencies where you like to push people down to build yourself up. That's sin. Maybe you've created some kind of idol in your life that has taken God's place. That's sin. And I'm not talking at you, believe me. I've, I've got my fair share of sin in my life. But let me say though with excitement that I love the past tense language of this passage. You know, if you walk through it, even the first couple of verses, he talks about how we were dead. We were, or excuse me, we once walked. We once lived. We were by nature children of wrath. 
And what's exciting about that is good news is coming in the rest of this passage. And that good news is Jesus Christ, amen? amen. Absolutely. And my first point this morning, before God, we were dead men walking. Secondly, God made us alive through the gift of faith. I love how verse four starts out. Two words, but God. One of the greatest phrases in all the Bible, in my opinion. And what he's saying here is we found ourselves in this state of spiritual deadness and God, he made us alive. He made us alive. When our sins were... When our, life were when our life was dominated by sin, God gave us a way to overcome that sin. And that was through his son, Jesus. And notice in verse five, he says that we were made alive with Christ. There he's referencing the resurrection. And why did he do this? You know, I think that's a question that we have to ask because if you think about it, we didn't deserve the gift of Jesus Christ. Do you know that? We didn't. But God, he loved us enough because of his mercy and his love. He chose to send Jesus to the cross to die for us. He knew that there was no way that we would be able to save ourselves from spiritual death when he didn't have to. God gave us a solution to our sin problem. And not only are we saved from spiritual death, not only is that a benefit that we have, but let me read verses six and seven. He also talks about another benefit that we have I'm gonna read it again. And raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show us the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. What he did is he gave us a new identity. Whenever we put our faith and trust in him, it is as if we are sitting in heaven right next to God. Like that's exciting. One commentator puts it this way, we have a right to the kingdom of God to anticipate this glory and are indescribably happy in the possession of this savior and in our fellowship with Christ Jesus. Another benefit that we have going forward is God will never stop dealing with us on the basis of grace. Because let me Make sure I communicate this to you. Just because we are moved from spiritual deadness to being spiritually alive doesn't mean that sin just goes away, right? We know that. We know that sin continues to be a problem, but what's exciting is that because of Jesus, we are no longer dead to our sins. We are no longer in spiritual death. And, and this is exciting. You know, by default, the, the question here is, how do I participate in that? How am I able to benefit from that? How do I get to participate in what God is doing from moving me from spiritually dead to spiritually alive? And Paul tells us, just continues in this passage in verses eight and nine, he says that the way that we benefit from that, the way that we participate in that exciting news of being non, no longer spiritually dead, but spiritually alive is by grace through faith. I remember Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 being two core verses that we had to memorize uh, whenever I was growing up in the Awana program. And what I love most about these two verses is this, God does it all. God does it all. It's not about us. It's not what we do, but what he does. The ability to even have faith is because God gave it to us. Do you know that? 
It's because he gave it to us. You know, often you will find people saying how they turned away from some sin in their life or, you know, they realized they were finding their identity in something else besides God. And so they gave their life to him. And, you know, that's well and good, but I think it's super important that we realize that that's not our doing. I think it's super important that we realize that it's God's doing. We have to be careful that, to say that we turned from this or we gave our lives to Christ because church, the, the recognition and the credit of a changed life unequivocally and irreversibly belongs to God. Amen? Amen. It's him. It's him. And because he gave us that ability to put our faith and trust in him, then we are blanketed by his grace. We're blanketed by his grace. This verse also confirms the fact that we aren't saved because of the good things that we do, which unfortunately is a common belief in today's world. Why are you going to heaven? Oh, yeah, I'm a pretty good person. Sadly, that's not true. But you know what? People believe that. And we have to point them to Ephesians 2. No, it's because God chose to give you the opportunity to have faith in him. That is what makes you spiritually alive. Verse nine, not by our works so that no one may boast. Again, praise God that he has given us the gift of faith. The last thing I wanna talk about this morning comes from the very last verse in this section, and it's this, that God works in us to produce good works. You know, he spends nine and a half verses talking about our spiritual deadness due to sin and how God intervene to make us spiritually alive. And then in verse 10, he finally talks about what we do. Nine verses out of 10, nine and a half, to talk about what he does and then what we do. And you know what? What we do is through him, right? Those good works that we are able to, to accomplish in our life is because God gave us the ability. And we continue to see he's the author of this entire process. It's him. You know, before Paul stated that we aren't saved by our works and now he's saying that God created us for good works. You see the difference? It's all about him. It's all about him. I also think it's not an accident that Paul talks about these good works in us after he, he talks about being saved uh, by grace through faith. You know, good works come only after we have experienced this transition from being spiritually alive or spiritually dead to spiritually alive that it only comes then good works are the fruit of our salvation you know it reminds me of john 15 when jesus talks about the vine and the branches and he says i am the vine and you are the branches he who abides in me and i in him he bears much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing it's him it's him. Finally, notice how Paul bookends the beginning of this passage and the end. You know, first he talked about the fact that we walk in being spiritually dead. We walk in spirit, spiritual deadness. And now he talks about the fact here in verse 10 that we walk in the good works of God. It's this contrast. You know what this means? This means that we can care for others in need to the glory of God. It means that we can love our spouse sacrificially to the glory of God. It means that we can confidently and calmly parent our children to the glory of God. It means we can be a tolerable coworker to the glory of God. Amen. It's him. It's him. 
was a little delayed, but you know what? That, that's all right. That's all right. You know, I'm thankful that, that God has taken me out of being spiritually dead and, and making me spiritually alive. He's changed my identity. And really, that's, that's what being spiritually dead and spiritually alive is. It, it's about our identity. Now, don't get me wrong. This is something I struggle with constantly. Even though I know the Bible says that when I'm made spiritually alive through my faith and trust in Jesus, then sin doesn't have dominion over me anymore. And I don't have to worry uh, that I'm going to die and go to hell or I'm not sure what's going to happen. But, but that's still a struggle. And even though we are made spiritually alive through our faith and trust in Jesus, and even though we sin, the reason we're able to do that is because of Christ's sacrifice for us on the cross, because he died for our sins. The perfect sinless savior died for us. So I can be made spiritually alive knowing that I still struggle with, with sin, but I can point back to him every single time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. I didn't deserve it but you chose to do it anyway. And you know, if you have any questions this morning about what it means from, to, to go from being spiritually dead to spiritually alive, here in a moment, when we transition back into our worship time, we're gonna have prayer partners who are down here up front that would love to visit with you about that, answer any questions that you may have. In a moment, you're going to hear a little bit about my story and how even though I'm a Christian, even though I've been moved from spiritual death to spiritual life, sin has been this constant struggle. But let me say this to you this morning. Praise be to God that he still loves me. Amen. Praise be to God that I am still his workmanship, that he is creating good works in every single day and not for my own recognition, but for his recognition. At this time, let's go ahead and watch the video and then our worship team is gonna come back up and, and lead us uh, back into worship. 